Hi there, I'm your host Jenny and welcome to Soleil, a podcast devoted to the exploration of the hobbies and passions that give our lives meaning. Each episode I'll be talking about the things myself and my guests are doing to enrich our lives and bring the sunshine to our daily routines. So get comfy and I hope you'll stay a while. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you to anyone who listened to the last episode. I was feeling pretty brave when I put it out um, and I posted it on my Instagram, which isn't something that I use really ever. Um, I haven't posted anything on Instagram in like maybe two years. So if anybody saw that and they had a listen, then thank you so much. It means so much to me. And if you messaged me about it um yeah that was really nice and it it really did make my day so just getting that out of the way first um also I hope the audio is a bit better I'm kind of experimenting I'm recording this in my room and I've basically shoved all my stuff in my wardrobe with like my fluffy jumpers and most mostly fluffy jumpers that's basically all I own um I kind of feel like Harry Potter I'm like shoved in the wardrobe, like, or maybe Narnia is a bit more apt. But yeah, I'm kind of sat here attempting to record, balancing my mic on a little stool that I have. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit janky, I'm not going to lie, it's a bit, it's a bit janky, but it'll do, it'll do. And maybe the audio is better, so maybe I'll just become like a hermit for an hour a week and the the podcast studio will be will be my wardrobe um but thank you for tuning in to this episode today i thought we'd talk about something that i love to do in my spare time which is reading and in particular reading kind of motivational non-fiction books so these kind of books i gravitate towards not for the self-help aspect mainly because I would say that they're more about self-improvement than self-help especially nowadays I feel like everyone's at least read one of these books you know the type they are kind of in that section of the bookstore they kind of all make you think that you can do better for yourself and I quite like the opportunity that these books give because even if you're finding it really hard to change your life or like be different or you want things to be different at least you can pick up a book and like that's the place to start and you can hear from people who have become successful entrepreneurs or they've changed their life they've they've made changes that have, that have helped them and I think that that's really special so I will probably start with um, a few books which I have from Malcolm Gladwell who is an author that I absolutely love I think that he's an actual genius <laughs> He's a psychologist and his books lean more towards um, like case studies than um, like a guide. I would say that they're more about, he, he will like take a situation and he'll do a proper deep dive into like the whole how, like why, when, where and that kind of thing. Um, so the first one that I have is Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. This is The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. So on the blog it says, an art expert instantly spots a fake. A cop decides whether to shoot. A psychologist accurately predicts a couple's future in minutes. This book is about those moments when we know something without knowing why. 
it shows that honing your instincts could change the way you think about thinking forever so in this book he kind of talks about the first few seconds when you just make like a snap judgment about something and and you know that it's right um and he goes into many different psychological examples of this because as i said he's a psychologist but then he also talks about um real people's experiences and he goes to interviews he interviews policemen um he interviews like people who are running companies and that kind of thing and like how they started i think he even um interviews some sort of um professional athletes or, or something i read this book ages ago um because i found malcolm gladwell through a podcast actually and i just found him so interesting yeah i would highly recommend this book if you're looking to kind of understand why you have like a gut feeling about something then that is super helpful um so yeah this one's a really good one um i have all these books in front of me i'm kind of like holding them <laughs> i went through my bookcase and i just took them all off um i'm gonna have to sort that out in a minute but the next one that I have is Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. This is the first book by him that I read. This is kind of, as I said, like his books are more of a case study thing, but this is like quite heavy on the examples. Like this is a well-researched book and it's all about um, why some people are much more successful than others. Like why are they extraordinary like why why are they different and what makes them different so he talks about he talks about so many different things he talks about um for example why asian people are better at maths and like i kind of saw the chapter and i was like this seems like a little bit like it's, it's a bit iffy i was like is, is that okay but actually in the book he talks about how in many asian languages like the linguistics of setting up the the word like the numbers so in english it's like you would say one two three four five six seven eight nine ten but then when you go to the teens you completely change how the words are so it's like 12 13 14 15 but in a lot of asian languages they keep the um digits separate so they would be like 10 to 10 3 10 4 10 5 instead of the teens and he basically says that that means um that they can do mental math a lot faster which does make sense and it's kind of a lot of things that you would never even think about and i didn't know that but it makes a lot of sense um if you if you look at it that way uh he also talks about i remember like one particular example from this book about how um who's that guy who started microsoft <laughs> bill gates how bill gates started microsoft and it was and like steve jobs and he talks about the people who basically invented silicon valley and he's like how on earth do they do that and he basically works out where they all spent ten thousand hours doing it and that's quite a common um like motivational rule is that you become an expert at something in ten thousand hours and he works out that because they went to a certain high school because they lived in a certain area they had computers at their school 
they got to spend 10,000 hours doing the work and then they got better at it and and then they were really good so yeah it kind of explains a lot of things that kind of some things that you would think oh they're just lucky like they're just cleverer than me like I would say without a doubt that like Bill Gates is cleverer than me I I know that for a fact um he's also older than me and he also is working in a completely different field to anything that I'm interested in but this book kind of uh, dissolves those myths and um, yeah kind of like the things that you tell yourself which which put you down like I'm never going to be as good as Bill Gates but actually if you spend the 10,000 hours like you could be because that's how he did it and um, there's also one part which I really enjoyed of this book it's about um, this this little group of kids in Silicon Valley actually um, I think a lot of the parents were like coders and ju they're just like nerdy kids you know and they had a basketball team it's like a, a girls basketball team and they were doing so bad and then the one of the dads who was like an exec in the tech industry basically took them on as their coach and then they did so much better and they they made it all the way to like the state championships because they every single game they played they played in a full court press which is like you give everything you've got like it's like 100% the whole game there's no um there's like no respite for the players but yeah that, that's basically what he worked out was the the key to their success which I think is interesting it kind of ties in with the whole book that it's not just something that you're born with like you might be born with a special talent but like if you put the work in then you can make it happen for yourself and yeah I think that that's really nice to read like it's it's nice to see the examples actually written out on paper you can see what people did and how they did it and and now they're a success and like that's undeniable that they're successful so yeah that's one of my favorites those two by Malcolm Gladwell are really good I know he's written a few more um in recent years but for a start, I would definitely give these a go. So the next book on my list of kind of motivational books that I like is 10% Happier by Dan Harris. This is a book that I got years ago. I was at university I think I was in my first year when I got this, maybe my second year. Um, I had no idea who Dan Harris was, and as someone from the UK, like I think that that's quite normal. He is, I think he still is, um, an anchor on ABC's Good Morning America. So he is like super famous in America. He's on their like news um, show on ABC like every single day, and. The whole premise of the book kind of pivots around an event that happened to him when he was live on air. I think there was like five million people watching and he had a panic attack um, live on air. Like he didn't know what was happening. He said that he couldn't speak. Like he was, he basically froze. Um, and like with cameras pointing at you, that's just not a good time to like choke up. So that happened to him and he kind of, took a look at his life and he was like what 
am I doing? <laughs> like, I'm so stressed all the time. Like, I don't even know what it's like to not be stressed. So, the show that he was working on, Good Morning America, that kind of um, gave him a lot of opportunities to talk to people who were really influential and, like, really intelligent and, and well-informed about meditation. And that's something that he tried to start in his life because he kind of thought like this can't happen again i'm not going to have a panic attack on national tv again like this cannot happen ever so he figured out that what he was going to do was start to meditate um he had access to like a lot of very very intelligent people i think he even spoke to the dalai lama about it like he he had the uh he had the ins um he kind of got a few meditation teachers um, from around New York and he kind of embarked on this journey of like learning to meditate <laughs> and basically the whole book is about how difficult it was um, and when I read this like I had no intention of meditating it wasn't something that I thought I could do it wasn't something that I'd ever really tried to be honest but anytime I kind of considered just sitting down like I kind of pictured it like you just sit cross-legged, you close your eyes and you just kind of sit and, and nothing happens. Well since I have read this book I actually do meditate every day now and I know that sounds like super flowery and like I sound like such a hippie but um yeah it's something that I do now so maybe I'll have to reread the book because um I think that that would be interesting from a perspective of somebody who actually does meditate but from everything that I remember about it like I experienced the exact same things so if you're trying to meditate first of all I'd recommend that you use Headspace that's the app that I use to meditate and I think it's really useful um I can do a whole podcast episode about it if you want but um yeah if you're if you're trying to meditate and like it's not it's not working for you like it's not going well then this book basically says that that's okay he 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 truly spends a lot of time talking about how how uncomfortable he was like how awful about half a year into learning to meditate he decided to go on this like 10 day complete silence meditation retreat and he was like the first like three days he was like what the hell am i doing here why have i done this to myself i can't speak to anyone i'm so bored i'm so uncomfortable because you just have to sit all day and like do nothing but um then he kind of he has this like aha moment he kind of realizes that when he's distracted like that is the meditation like you're, you're kind of sat there and you're thinking and then when you notice you're thinking like then that's brings you back to the meditation like that is the whole cycle of meditation like that's when he realized it so yeah, it was it was a really good read and I think that it was quite comforting for for anyone who thinks that meditation is like too difficult or it's, like it's going to be super boring or like it's not worth it. Definitely pick this book up. Um I think that he is really self-aware when he writes and he knows that he sounds like a bit of a, a knob. He know, like he even talks there's like a whole chapter um where he kind of says like have I become that guy like have I become that guy who only talks about meditation like is that me now like, am I the annoying guy who meditates um 
and that's kind of nice as well because when you tell people that you meditate you, you do kind of get looks like you sound you sound a bit weird um so yeah if if you've been on that journey and like that's something that you're interested in or that you you like want to start i would definitely recommend this is 10 percent happier by dan harris he also has a podcast uh, i believe it's also called 10 percent happier and he interviews people from um the meditation world and people like celebrities who have experience with meditation as well um and that's a really good podcast actually i think i heard rupaul on it once i can't remember if it was that one um but i do think that rupaul meditates so you know if you want to be a bit more like rupaul read that book <laughs> So the next few books that I have are by Gretchen Rubin and I actually heard about her from a podcast. She has, I believe the podcast is called The Happiness Project um, and she is a writer and she has written, um, she's written like non-fiction books, kind of like profiling books. So she wrote one about Winston Churchill. Um, she's also a lawyer. She was clerking for the Supreme Court um, Justice, I think Sandra Day. She was clerking for her when she kind of realised that she wanted to be a writer. So, yeah, she's extremely successful and she's very intelligent. And that definitely comes across in her podcast. Um, She's also friendly and and nice, you know, she's not like obnoxious or anything. But I got her book, The Happiness Project, years ago. My my copy, it has a um, yellow spine. And because of where my bookshelf is, like it faces the window. So the spine is like a disgusting pale white. Like it's like a creamy white now. Um, definitely take better care of your books than I do. But in this project, she kind of thought that she would spend 12 months doing a different thing every month and kind of seeing how it changed her life. So, for example, some of the things that she did. In January, she tried to do more exercise to like boost her energy. In February, she tried to remember to be more loving. Um, in March, she tried to aim higher and like do better in her work. Um, in April, she tried to be a better parent. Um, some of the other months of the year, she tried to be better with her money. She tried to um, be better with her book. She tried to meditate and do mindfulness for a whole month in October. And then in December, she basically tried to implement every single habit that she had done the entire year into one month, which I think was probably quite ambitious and and probably quite difficult. But the whole book is about kind of tracking habits and how she got from A to B. Like she she thought about her goals and she thought, how am I going to do that? So what she did was she kept a blog. And I think that that's what led to her book deal, actually. So she wrote about her um, attempts on the blog. Then she got the book deal and she published all her findings, like, in this book. So she kind of saw, for example, February. We're in February now. It's um, the beginning of February. So in February, she decided that she wanted to work on her marriage. So then she set... um, 
she kind of set up herself with, with smaller goals, like more achievable goals. So she decided that she wanted to stop nagging her husband. She wanted to stop expecting praise for things that she did in her marriage. She wanted to um, fight in a way that was productive rather than hurtful. She wanted to um, show her love with like, exa- like examples, like doing things for her husband that showed that she loved him. And she didn't want to dump all her problems on him as well. So you can kind of see her, um, you can see her process of goal making. So she thinks of the goal, like her marriage, that she wants to work on. She splits it up into smaller things. And then under every subheading, she kind of gives a summary of how it went and how she managed it, how it affected her and her family and her work and her life. And yeah, it definitely is interesting. I would say that if you're in a different position to her, like it, some, of, some of the things might not particularly be relevant. For example, when I read this, I was very single and uh, I did not think I would be getting a boyfriend for a very long time. But maybe the remember love section would be a bit more apt now that I have a boyfriend. But some of the things like parenthood um, and like her, the fact that she wanted to work on writing um, and that kind of thing, like they might not be particularly relevant, but you can just kind of pick and choose based on the months and like what you what you feel like you want to bring into your life. Um, so yeah, I really like that one. And then off the back of her first book, The Happiness Project, and then her very successful podcast, she spent a long time researching what she calls the four tendencies, which is kind of like her way of dividing human nature into like four categories. So either you're an upholder, an obliger, a rebel, or a questioner. And she says that these four categories kind of expect um different things and everybody fits like everybody fits into one of them and that will inform everything that you do like all your behaviors how you react to other people what you do in your own life uh, what you do for others how you live your life how you have relationships how you work everything so she kind of i think she has a little quiz at the beginning um of like how to find out what your tendency is she does have a website and you you can do the quiz on that and then yeah when when you go through the book you can kind of see what would be useful for your life so let's say for example you're an upholder you can see like how you can use that to your advantage and then you can also see like pitfalls of that and and what kind of things you maybe should work on what I think is probably the most useful part of the book is that she gives examples of how to deal with somebody that is in a different tendency to yours. So, for example, if you're an upholder but your parent is an obliger and you find that you're always butting heads with them and, and uh, you're always fighting and you're just, you never really see eye to eye. What she does is give examples of how all of the four tendencies work together. Um, so you, she'll give examples of like how an upholder can react with an obliger to like end up with a positive relationship, which I think is really useful. So if you just like do, um, if you like get your parents or like whoever whoever you want, like whoever that you're spending a lot of time with, 
to do the quiz, then you can kind of work out what they are and what you are. And that's a really easy way to identify and start to mend relationships that maybe have gone a little bit sideways. So yeah, I do think this is a really useful book. I remember I got it when I was living in France and I had found a WH Smith, which is like, that I think is one in the whole of Paris. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this book is new. Um, it only came out a few years ago. Like I said, I was living in France. I think that was like three years ago. And I was so excited to read it. And then I kind of just dropped off. I think I just didn't find enough people in the different categories. I didn't get people to do the quiz. And I think that's what would have made me more interested in it. But I'm definitely going to pick it up again. I'll get some of my friends or like get my family to do it. And I'll see what they think they are. And how I can, like, improve our relationships. I think that'll be really helpful. So this is The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And then the other one I was talking about was The Happiness Project, also by Gretchen Rubin. And the final book that I would recommend, if you're looking for a more motivational, inspiring book that is kind of a departure from just like a classic beach read. I feel like that's all that I read, really. I mean, I read a lot of young adult fiction, but (laughs) nothing very intelligent. Uh, This book is definitely a bit more of a thinker. This is Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay, and it's a collection of essays. I'm not sure how many there are actually. Um, Quite a lot. And they kind of talk about a lot of different subjects, really. Um, They talk about herself, they talk about her gender um, and her sexuality. So Roxane Gay is bisexual. They talk a lot about that. And they do talk about sexual assault because she was assaulted when she was younger. Um, So just a bit of a, a warning if anybody feels triggered by that. This probably isn't the book for you. Um, she talks about her race and how she views her race, especially in the like through the lens of popular culture, because she she does like a whole essay on how she watched Django Unchained and like how she felt about it, um, and different just like how different cultural trends have made her feel about her race. And then she talks about politics and gender. So she's um, like quite a big activist she is a professor as well like she's super intelligent um and everything that she has to say i think is quite eye-opening it's definitely interesting for me to like see the world through her eyes because she's completely different to me she's in her 40s she's bisexual she's a, a black woman but she also doesn't have like the typical feminine traits about her she's six foot three um she's a larger lady like but she doesn't shy away from that but um she just she's like completely different to me and I think that it's interesting to see through her experiences like what how she sees the world and what she sees um what she sees as good and bad there's like a whole essay about that show girls um by What's her name? Lena Dunham. 
this um lots of stuff that seemed culturally relevant and then she kind of talks about it and i'm like oh yeah i hadn't really thought about that like that's not really that great or oh maybe i should have given that a bit more credence like maybe i should have thought about that a bit harder when i watched that film or did that thing listened to that song because she really sees everything with quite a critical eye um as i said she's a professor so she's super intelligent she's always analyzing stuff um and yeah i would say that this book is great for anyone who's looking to see the world in a different way she's kind of um telling us what she thinks and to be honest the whole book is very funny so if you're kind of looking for um something a bit more like something that's a bit more of a thinker but you also don't want to be bogged down like if you read at night before you go to sleep like this isn't going to make you fall asleep i know there's some books like that and especially in the non-fiction genre like people have a tendency to to shy away from reading non-fiction books because they think that they're just going to be so boring this isn't boring this is she talks about her life experiences they're they're funny she's she's funny um she has a lot of weird life experiences especially like with her family um and like with how people react to her being who she is like being different um and yeah it is interesting to to see her talk about herself um with kind of like a an analytic lens and i believe she called the book bad feminist because she's kind of um criticizing the ways that she thinks that she um doesn't conform to like being the perfect feminist in society's eyes like she she says that she wants to be she wants to be better she wants to be um she wants to be an in like an inspiration like an um a role model but also she's not scared of saying that she likes things that girly girls like or she she doesn't like things that um all feminists should like and and that kind of thing and i think that it's quite useful to see that not everything has to be constructed in such a rigid way she can kind of take what she wants from feminism and put her own spin on it and it doesn't make her a bad person doesn't make her less of a feminist it just makes her her um so yeah i would definitely recommend this one if you're looking for something kind of to do with feminism and like just something a bit different also because the book is divided into essays it's actually really nice to read because all the essays are like maybe five or six pages long the book is quite big but yeah the essays are quite short so actually if you're thinking like yeah 2021 i'm kind of meant to read a bit more like i read no books last year oh my god like help me um this is a good place to start because yeah the essays are, are short enough that you feel accomplished for reading them but you don't feel overwhelmed at the prospect of having to open the book so now we've talked about the books that i would recommend we've talked about bad feminist by roxane gay the two books by gretchen rubin 10 percent happier by dan harris and then outliers and blink by malcolm gladwell i will put all of these books in the description of the show like the show notes so you can find them if you want um I'm sure they're on amazon and 
I thought I would just end the show with a little uh, mention of some of the books that I'm hoping to read this year. I have quite a big um, to read pile because what I find myself doing is buying books that I think, oh yeah, that will be a really good read. Like that, I'll I'll learn something from that, and then I'll go on my Kindle and I'll just buy like a crap beach read, and I'll just read that in one day, and then I'll be like, oh well, I've had my fill now. <laughs> I don't need to read anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's actually been happening quite a lot. So I should probably be a bit more strict with myself. But the two books that I'm hoping to finish this year are Raw by Cecilia Ahern. She is the author who wrote P.S. I Love You. Um, this book is not non-fiction, but all the little stories are kind of intended as um, not fables. They're, they're kind of like examples of how to be different. Um, the book is called A Story for Every Woman and it's split into a lot of sections depending on the kind of woman that you you are, you want to be. So there's like the woman who slowly disappeared, the woman who thought her mirror was broken, the woman who sowed seeds of doubt, the woman who blew away. It's kind of like, it takes aspects of womanhood, people that, that people do experience, like women tend to shy away from power, women usually underestimate themselves, they think that they're not good enough, they think that they're not feminine enough or they're not um, intelligent enough, especially compared to men. And it kind of shows you in the book, in the um, little chapters, like they're very short stories, I think they're probably about 10 pages long each. Um, Kind of shows you an example of like, who that woman is and makes you wonder whether you should change yourself so like the woman who slowly disappeared she it's just like a, a really short story about um somebody who is she she literally does disappear and it makes you think like should you should you ask for more attention like should you demand more power like sh- should you think um that you're better than you are and it's definitely a nice one to read like i said about the roxanne gay one this one's also split into sections so it's quite nice to just kind of pick up um read a little bit put it down again um you don't have to remember where you left off so that's nice this is the first one that i want to read i have had this for a few years and i haven't read it all so definitely need to finish that this year and then the second one is Jordan B. Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. And this is a quite a hefty book. <laughs> this is, oh my gosh, it's 400 pages. And it's got a massive index. This may be um, a project. <laughs> this, this may be a bit more of a, a long slog. But I think that it, it will be interesting. And I have heard really good things about it. So. Jordan B. Peterson, he writes about 12 things that he's found um, through research. I think he's a psychologist. Through research, um, things that make people live better lives. So, for example, all the rules, they're all in the the contents page. I'll just read you them quickly. 
Rule one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. Two, treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. Three, make friends with people who want the best for you. Four, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Five, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Six, set your house in perfect order before you criticise the world. Seven, pursue what is meaningful. Eight, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Nine, assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Ten, be precise in your speech. Eleven, do not bother children when they are skateboarding. There must be some sort of anecdote related to a, a skateboarding incident in that in that section and the final one pet account cat when you encounter one on the street so i think the whole book is kind of looking deeper into the avenues that he thinks you can go down if you want to live your life in the best way possible um, I, I am excited to read this. I, I'm kind of getting a bit daunted by it. Now I've just found out that it's 400 pages. But it's in sections and I'm sure it'll be fine. So I'll let you guys know when I've read it all. Uh, might not be for a few months, but I will endeavour to finish it in 2021. And that pretty much wraps up the podcast for today. I hope the audio might have been a little bit better in in the wardrobe, in the Harry Potter spot. Um, And I hope that you get something out of this episode. I will leave all of the books in the show notes so you can have a look and find them for yourself. Also, a lot of these books have podcasts that kind of relate to the books too. So if you're more of an audio listener, if you prefer that... um, then I'm sure you can find something useful from their podcast as well. And I hope that you have a lovely day and I will see you next Monday for another episode. Bye!